Hello everyone. Today we are looking at an American drug maker. Not the Walter White type of drugs. We are talking legal drugs today. Also, don't worry, it's not a drug maker that once made cameras. Sorry, Kodak fans. I discovered the company through a spin-off. Not through the Breaking Bad spin-off, but a company spinning off two separate unique lines of businesses. I was on StockSpinoffInvesting.com looking at spin-offs that have been significantly depressed in price after they spun off. I like these because the board believed the spin-off would create shareholder value, but somehow the market still doesn't see it like the board did. That's where I found Recro Pharma. It's a company that grew revenue frequently and had great gross margins. They had two businesses, one being drug manufacturing, they would handle all the aspects around manufacturing drugs for clients. They make royalties on the drug sales. Many pharmaceutical companies just want to focus on the science. They don't want to waste resources on both capital and human resources on figuring out manufacturing. Recro tries to get clients in the beginning phase of a new drug. And if this new drug becomes a success, Recro has the contracts to manufacture for them. Recro benefits massively when a drug is successful while risking not as much money if it fails. This can produce lumpy revenues when a client of theirs loses its patent or exclusivity. The other line of business was Baudax Bio, a company developing a painkiller. They spun off the painkiller business in late November. The painkiller had produced no revenue and was absorbing a lot of cash. For the year ended December 31st, 2019, Recro, the drug manufacturer, reported net income from continuing operations of 20 cents per diluted share versus when you combined the manufacturer and the painkiller business, it was a loss of 64 cents per diluted share. In 2020, they guided for around 97 to 100 million in revenue. Recro soared after they spun off, going from around eight to $18 a share. If you were invested, you would have been feeling like a damn rock star. However, COVID and other factors would create quite the hangover. From its peak of 18, it went to $1.50. Today, it is at $2.50. I looked into it during the steep drop. It seems like it's in a great business. American drug manufacturing should benefit from the increasing demand to have more of the medical supply chain in the United States, especially after the COVID shortages. We'll get into why the stock price declined so sharply. Reading about the industry provided some very interesting comparables. According to PwC, from 2016 to 2019, there were more than $20 billion worth of acquisitions in drug manufacturing businesses. Here are recent acquisitions as an example. Thermo Fisher Scientific acquired a CDMO, which stands for a Contract Developed Manufacturing Organization, which is what Recro is, paying 18.2 times EBITDA. Carlisle paid 14.7 times EBITDA, and Lonza paid 15.1 times EBITDA. 
Ernst Young says North American assets have recently captured the highest premiums, with median deal enterprise value to EBITDA approximately 15 times. Based on the latest quarter financials for RECRO, annualized EBITDA would be $25 million. At a 14 times multiple, the enterprise value would be $350 million. EBITDA was $49 million in 2019. At a 14 times multiple, the enterprise value would be $690 million. Recro has around $110 million in debt, so if we subtract that, the market cap based on that 14 times multiple would be at $240 million for the current EBITDA or $580 million for the previous year's EBITDA. We're currently at a market cap of $60 million. So what happened? Recro was growing and doing beautifully in 2019. The company was expecting to make around $50 million in EBITDA in 2020. People believed the spinoff might have been to sell the company. Investors were in it for growth or a potential sale. Then a shocker came in that revenue declined massively. In the first quarter, revenue decreased from $25 million to $22 million a more than 10% decline. Recro revised their EBITDA guidance after the first quarter to be in the range of 30 million instead of what was previously guided of 50 million. The second quarter was more of the same with revenue of 16 million compared to 31 million for the year before. So why were the financials declining so massively? Their first issue was that one of the medications they manufactured for no longer had exclusivity and was not able to hold its dominant market position versus a generic competitor. In the first quarter press release, the CEO states, in 2020, we experienced multiple challenges that impacted our revenues, including increased competition from one of our key customers' competitors. On the earnings call, the CEO said, we saw a higher level of Mylan participation in that market segment than had been predicted by our partner. Mylan is a generic drug manufacturer that sells these drugs at a much cheaper price after the patent or exclusivity passes for a drug. Management used the best guess of its client and the client ended up not competing as effectively with Mylan as they anticipated. The other big issue is COVID. Due to COVID, there was slower than expected new business growth. It caused reassessment of plans for development services by some customers and prospects for a variety of reasons, such as concerns about availability of development funding, timing of clinical trials, and other reasons. This makes sense given that the FDA was focused on COVID-related approvals, causing delays in many other trials. COVID impacted some of their clients' drug sales, predominantly Ritalin. The less kids in school, the less they need to take Ritalin. They also lost two commercial product lines that resulted in a decrease of approximately $4 million on previous 2020 revenue guidance and is estimated to have an annual impact to 2021 revenue 
of approximately seven to eight million. Finally, the CEO is also the CEO of the spin-off Baudax, the painkiller, and people have been hoping for a new, more focused CEO. On the first quarter earnings call, when the CEO was asked about this, she stated, the Recro board intends to recruit a full-time CEO to take over operations of Recro. I think what they're looking for is someone who has had experience with CDMOs, who has had significant experience with larger operations and growth and acquisitions. And they're looking for somebody who is ready to be all in and dive into the business. And that experience will have been shown by their positive track record over the last X number of years. And then again, in the second quarter, she was asked about it as well. And she stated, the board has retained a top three national search firm and has been for several months now, or more than several months, looking at candidates and going through a process. And I know that the board is interested in getting someone into that seat with the right kind of experience and ready to go. I'm not entirely sure why it's taking so long to find a CEO. Either way, I think the asset of Recro is great. It's a 97,000 square foot DEA licensed manufacturing facility in Gainesville, Georgia, which they own. There's also a 24,000 square foot development and high potency product facility in Gainesville, Georgia that they lease. The DEA license makes it very difficult to create new manufacturing facilities, providing a valuable asset even if it's mismanaged. I think this year has been a lot of short-term issues for Recro. COVID possibly creates a long-term opportunity. A quote from one of their earnings PRs states, in this challenging and unprecedented time, U.S. pharmaceutical product manufacturing has never been more essential. And we continue to provide important medicines to our customers, a number of whom are on the front lines of this crisis helping patients. Additionally, we saw the government consider giving $750 million to Kodak to help produce drugs in the United States. Recro continues to target growth. They installed new equipment in June to help them expand their services. These additions are aligned with Recro's strategy to provide end-to-end -end services. They have hired a new head of business development and continue to hire business development people, showing they believe they have growth opportunities. Proof of this growth can be seen in the third quarter press release. They state, since the launch of our clinical trial materials and logistic businesses in late June, which was that equipment they installed, we have seen interest in this area increase and early work has resulted in expanded proposal scope. Customers are taking advantage of moving directly from our clinical trial drug manufacturing right into our double-blind packaging, labeling, and distribution services, recognizing the benefit of using Recro as a single source. We continue to enhance our business development team and have promising CDMO opportunities, adding to our momentum going into 2021. In the third quarter, they secured multiple new contract wins. They secured wins on phase two modified release projects from new customers. They continued to execute and expand relationships with existing customers. Approximately 90% of Recro's development customers have proceeded to sign a 
additional proposals for extension work and next phase development projects. Extension work from existing customers in the form of next step de development proposals and additional batches continues to show healthy growth and is a strong sign of existing customers' level of confidence in Recro's technical and execution abilities. Recro continues its development work with a top 20 pharmaceutical company to formulate a high-potency oral new chemical entity. Based on Q3, it looks like things may be starting to turn around. Now let's review the, the balance sheet. It is strong till you go to long-term debt. They have long-term debt of $108 million. They'll have to pay most of that at the end of March 2023. If all goes well financially, they will likely be able to refinance that. So with the balance sheet, they definitely have a lot of debt coming in you know, a relatively short time frame of two years. I believe if they have the financials like they had in 2019, by 2023 or even better, they're going to be able to refinance that $108 million. Now let's review inside ownership. In 2019, all executive officers and directors owned 4 million shares or 20% of the company. Today, they owned 5 million shares or 23% of the company. The biggest shareholder, SCP Vitalife, surprisingly never sold even when it was $18 a share. They are an early stage VC type investment company who would like to make exits when a company gets to the public markets. Recro is the only public company they own. They likely feel that there's a higher valuation for their investment, which is why they have not exited. In summary, I believe this company has been hit way too heavily due to the short-term problems they have run into. I think they can get back to growth and trade where peers were at. That would put them at four to 10 times the current share price. With the recent better third quarter, the stock has already gone from $1.50 to $2.50. If they get a new CEO soon, I think it continues to rise. Additionally, the long-term tailwind of continued demand for U.S. drug manufacturing should serve them well. I would like to disclose I am long the stock at an average cost of $3.25, so I probably caught the falling knife a little too early. Um, but anyways, this is the Sunday Stock Picker, where I look at weird unknown stocks on the weekend. If you enjoy this idea, please like and subscribe. Today is Sunday. I hope you had a great weekend, and I hope you have a great week.